0: This is after Gidon's victory, and it's interesting to see Khan Israel's response to him. And it says, The people of Israel said to Gidon, after they saw how Kodesh had helped him, after they saw he had miraculously saved them." It's not one person, Yisrael. No, Yisrael is the collective. That says are all together. The men of Israel said to Gidon, the author saw his victory. Rule over us. You, your son, your grandson. Now, this is an important point. One of the distinct distinctive factors that there is between a Shaifat and a king. A Shafat is a leader. A leader was because in that door he was the one chosen to save Kla or he was the Tzadik who was able to guide Kla But the leadership doesn't pass down leadership. It's like today we have leaders. And the son of the God Ladar isn't necessarily the next God Ladar. It's not a, a in so to speak something which is a right of birth or uh, passes down in, 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 in the patrilineal descent. Mashaenka and Malchus does. The family that was chosen as the as a king it was, like I said, is the David Lazare Adoram. Once he was chosen as a king, so then by, by right of birth his son becomes the next king and his son becomes the next king. That's the difference between Malchus and uh, leadership. And, for example, you see Vah like it's the same thing. Governor like Malchus, is by right of descent. The son of a coin is a coin. It doesn't have to be something which he deserves, or he has achieved on his own right. But by virtue of being the son of a coin, he becomes a coin. So that's what's was going to get to the case of Malchus, case of Kahuna. When Klaishol came to Gidon and they said to him, You are all of and your son, and your grandson. What well, the means we are offering to become a melech, to become a king. Because they could have said you will over us for the extent of your lifetime and we will follow you. As they said to you, Hoshu Abinun. They said that as long as you are alive, no one will disobey you, we will follow you faithfully. And therefore he was a leader. He was a leader, okay, he shows true did there are any sons, But he wasn't a manik. Because no one promised him that, because he's a leader, that naturally his children will follow the leadership. Uh, whereas, well, here by Gilan, it's interesting, it's after Malchus. The, the the fact that uh, him, by by definition of the fact that his children and his grandchildren means that they'll be the next in line to become kings is bad. And the the the, the, the crowning him as a melech. Do they have the authority to do oh, so? that's a good question which we're going to talk about. And there is why the kliyash have the right to appoint a king, is what is that a right which is given to kliyash or not? Now, g answer to them. In I you, and my son you. In other words, two different things. The fact that my son will rule over you means I'm not ex- taking the so to speak the the kingship, the, the, the kingship as a as a right of my family. And not only that, he wasn't even taking the kingship for himself, which he could have done as a shait. But Hashem Shal Bukhem. Hashem rules over you. Okay, so that's a uh, part of the maila of Gidon. That even though he was offered, uh, so to speak, the covenant and the power which comes with the he turns it down. But this idea that uh, I'm not going to rule you because Hashem is ruling over you is something which needs explanation. We sh- will see here just in passing. But this is something which is much more of a major, a major point when it comes to the story of Shmuel and And that is that uh, when Klal shall do come and ask for a king. So Shmuel is very offended they're asking for a king. And Hashem basically says, It wasn't you that they're rejecting, it's a rejection of Hashem, because until then, Hashem was going to rule over them, and now they're asking for a person to rule over them. Now, what, what what, what, does that mean? A person is not replacing Hashem. And the, the the function which Hashem fulfills, so to speak, as the Melech, Hashem is still going to fulfill as the Melech. It's not something which a, a person is going to usurp. And nevertheless, is there still a mockum for a human king, so to speak, at the same time that we accept Hashem as the Melech? Is the institution of malchus, by definition, a bad thing? And the answer is no, and I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Sorry, actually asked this question a few weeks ago. But the question itself is the an answer. And that is, why do we need Melech Hamashich? If at that time everyone Baha'i Hashem then why is the king should go back to Hashem? And the king should go back to Hashem as it was meant to be. And if that's the case, why is there a need for a human king? Why do you a king call the Then let Hashem be the king and everything will go back to so to speak the way it was originally, the way it was meant to be. And the answer is that if Hashem does foresee the future, as there being a personality, a human being called Melech HaMashiach, then that means that that's part of the plan. There has to be the human king too. And this isn't something which is just uh, the subject of legend or egalita. Uh, that's the first in the The first in Hashem's promise to David HaMelech was that the Mashiach will come from your children. And Yaakov's promise to Yoda was Adki Yav shilei which is talking about a as well. So from the very beginning, it was understood that there has to be a human king too. And if that's the case, obviously the question which needs to be asked, is firstly, what function does a human king play when people are recognizing Hashem as the king? Number one. And number two, if that's the case, if there is a function for a human king to play, so why was it considered the rejection of Hashem when people ask for a king? They ask him to fulfill a role, and so to speak, that Hashem as the king isn't fulfilling, and that's what needs the human king to perform. Let's answer the first question first. What role does the human king play? What role does the human king play? Can I ask one question, though? before Before the beginning of Shaitim, in the time of Yeshua, when there was a central authority called Yeshua, then he held everyone together, and even though he wasn't formally a king, but he had that, so to speak, leadership over the entire Jewish people. After Yeshua dies, we saw the fragmentation of the Shvatim. This was the beginning of Shevetim, and each Shevet is now in, in charge of its own internal affairs. And I think Lobby's going to say a number of times in sections, at the end, there was no central command, there was no authority which ruled Kla Yisrael. Each Shevet was an independent entity which kind of took care of itself, and that's why we saw time and again that even when uh, a Shevet got up uh, to defend Kla Yisrael against the enemy, it was the two or three or maybe four Shvatim which banded together to deal with the enemy. The idea of the entire Jewish people collectively coming to fight or working as a team, we don't find Zechershaft in. And that's what was missing when there wasn't a Melech. What was missing was there wasn't a the Melech was there wasn't central command. That was uh, the Schwartim as so to speak satellite state. And uh, not necessarily what the fact that one was threatened caused everybody else to rally to their to their uh, assistance. We didn't find that Bangra, we didn't find it by we, we don't find it in Vagilan either. He used Naftali, he used, uh, uh, so he used his Shevet of Menashe and Ephraim, and he went to, we saw Asher and uh, Naftali, he didn't use the other Shvatim. I mean, the biggest Shevet, such as the biggest is such as Yudha and Don, took no part in the story of Yudha. So, that really answers the question. What's the need for a Melech? And the Ramam. Uh, yeah, why do they want a Melech then? So, firstly, what's the need of the Melech? The need for the Melech, uh, the Ramam writes in the halacha, of uh, a mitzvah. To the man to appoint a king, and the Ram writes the melech is which means to unite Kal yeah. And that is without a the melech, there's no one here who is going to be a, a central authority which holds everybody together and can rule everybody together. And that's the that's the function of a melech. And uh, even without learning the pasuk, talking about Hashem, in the simple person of the for here be sure melech is the function of the king is to gather the Rosh Yam together, which means you have the Rosh Yam in the seam of each Shevet, and there's a king who now has the authority to, so to speak, force them all to work as to so <coughs> going together, and therefore combine Kla Yisrael. We have that same problem today. Even though we don't think of it in those terms, but uh, it's clear that in Kal-Yisra today the lack of malvos is something which we see the whole time. And that is even within Klai Yisrael, and even if so, you're not going to talk about Klai Yisrael as, as a unit, because it's, even that's a very big, let's say, uh, group of people. But even in it's a much more close f- f- small small uh, demographic of the, the Torah observant, of Klai Yisrael. Here also, there are many streams, and uh, there's no central authority. And uh, it's not a problem that there are many different approaches to the Hashem. But the fact that there isn't another, like a king, there isn't somebody who's in control of everybody, means that there isn't necessarily an actus or cooperation between all the different groups of Israel. Now it's true that sometimes a god is respected beyond his own immediate circle, and therefore that becomes somewhat of a factor. But even then, it's a similar to Shai. A it's similar to Shai that those people who listen to him would therefore unites under that leadership and there'll be those who don't. And the idea that we don't have a king means there's nobody who has whose word is law by everybody. There's nobody who's everyone accepting Khai Israel and therefore will will be able to so as we hold Kha Israel together or we'll make a, or present a united decision which everyone's going to go by. So do we need a king of sheikh today? Do we need a human king? Yes we do. But even if Hashem is the king, she is and we say that Hashem's mouth will be manifest in the future, that's not going to be the job Hashem plays. Hashem's, root, Hashem's kingship is in the fact that rules and He rules, and He's in charge of everything that happens. But as a factor which is going to unite Klai Yisrael under a person that needs a person, if that's the case, if that's the case, then that would be the mockham the for a king. That would be the mockum for a king. And there was a king for the king, and that's why there's a mitzvah to have a king. And uh, obviously, even in the the future, there will be the Merkham Ashir, will also be a king. Even before Shabbat, there was a mitzvah to have a king. There was a mitzvah to have a king. Now, having answered what function the king plays, now we have to explain the second part, and that is what the Klal Yisrael do wrong by asking for a king. Yeah. That was seen as a rejection of Hashem's mouth to ask for a king, and somebody over here. Why does the Giran say, I'm going to rule you, Hashem's going to rule you? It's not a contradiction. Hashem's rulership is in the sense that Hashem's in control, and Hashem, so to speak, guides and leads by And human leadership is that it unites the people to follow him. Right, but who offered he not to be king? Sorry. And yeah. the answer is, which there was acted as the, as the, so to speak, the Supreme Court, as the highest mm-hmm. judicial authority. And they could uh, either pascal halacha which was binding on everybody, or even make the conundrums binding everybody. But, was, but that's not leadership. But it's an instrument of unifying the In, in keeping halacha. They weren't, their, their job wasn't to unify. just like today. If a person paskan said, let's say, we will have a sin today who all paskan, if we can't use Christian Shabbos, Okay, so that becomes law because can't use the Christian Shabbos. But and and who enforces the law? The Sanhedrin? Yes. So it's not just the, the, the judiciary, but they also have... Uh, they have the police force, whatever it is to enforce but the laws. police. Police right. powers. Right. Well, that's an important unifying element. Uh, it's a, a unifying a thing element. in keeping halacha. But if you try to, try to combine Yisrael to whatever you want them all to do, what do we want? So what do we want to for do? For example, national defense. National student. defense. That's the most important. Or any national project or any any kind of uh, uh, like central uh, goal which Klaus was working on achieving, then you need a central force for that. And that's not the Sanhedrin's job. The Sanhedrin's job is the Paschal which they did. It. But if you have building the base of for example, or working expanding the borders of Eretz Israel, for example, or destroying Amod, for example, for all things, we need a king because this needs to be a, a project which Ka'israel all participate. in. Right. That's the. So <laughs> that's the case. What was the. Having understood the importance of a king? So then, at what stage was asking for the king something that was meant to be done? And when we look at it as a mistake on the part of Ka'israel, that Pilu, they should have left it without a king, and uh, they weren't meant to have asked. So, w- why in the context of Shmuel and Abi, they were wrong for asking by the will see It's the whole explanation of the, the story of Shmuel and why. But uh, what's interesting here about the story of Gidon is that they asked for the wrong reason. And that is, they asked for a king, like I said, <laughs> We want you to be a king because you saved us from Midian. And that's, if that's the reason they want a king, then Gedan's answer is completely correct. I didn't save you. I should have saved you. <coughs> So that's not a re- good reason to ask for a king. To ask for a king because the king is acting as, let's face it, as the functionary who's servicing the people. The king is acting as the agent who's going to unite Klai like Israel. Good. That's, how we, that's where one needs a king, and that's the king's job. But uh, if you're saying, we are our king because you saved us, and therefore we're looking to you to save us from enemies, so that's why we want you to be the king, that's a big mistake. And Gideon tells not correctly that's not a human job. Hashem says so about and specifically in this particular war, as we saw from the beginning, it was all, it was waged without weapons and with a, a, a ridiculously small amount of people, mm-hmm. right? And that was meant to prove to everybody that Hashem is running the war. And therefore, Israel's response and you and millions so you become our king was completely misreading the situation, and 100 mm-hmm. percent. And that's why G-d says, that's not me, it's not, and Hashem is even khalifa. And the main If that's the motivation. The right? If that's the reason he wants a king, then you shouldn't be asking for a king. But they show that he was... Even if they're trying to justify Isha and say that they didn't see Gideon as being the valiant warrior, but they saw him as being the tzaddik, yeah. through whom Hashem brought the Yeshua, then again, there's not a reason to make him a king. There's not a reason to make him a king. Then the, 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 the is that the Yeshua came about to him, but why is it going to come about to his children and grandchildren necessarily? It doesn't need to be a king. Mm-hmm you see as a tzaddik, so as a tzaddik, you know, this person will, will protect us. And that's why Gedan turns down the kingship. But now he says an interesting thing. And uh, this was something which, even until now we've seen Gidon as being the tzaddik, the name makes a big mistake. And this is the yamele and Gedan. Gedan says, I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to ask each person should give me a ring from the shlal, from the spoils that they've taken. They, the Median, were like Arabs, they used to wear rings. So therefore, when they captured Midian, so all the soldiers who were wearing these rings, then they harvested all the gold rings. So all the Jewish soldiers now obviously had a stack of these gold rings. So Gideon asked each of them to give him a ring. But Yemen asked him anything. He said, we'll definitely give you. They spread out a sheet, like a big like a garment or a sheet, and everyone threw a ring into the sheet. By the weight of gold, there were 1,700. I don't know exactly what weight they were using, but based on the gold weight, there was 1,700 rings of gold. The Sorry? Right, so we have to know how much a rude weight You measure in gold in gold So by the weight of gold It was a thousand seven hundred 1, And that was just rings Which were, we saw before That Giddon himself took the, the trappings of the kings Which were on their horses That was the saharoni, that like we spoke about And their clothing Which was the royal clothing And the vaid min ha'anak And the shabat they also used to put anak, which means a necklace around their camels. They took those too. So basically, Gidim collects from Qayisra all the gold, or not all the gold, but this amount of gold from the spoil. And what does he do with it? V'yas also Gidim the aphod. moulded into the shape of an aphod. The ephod is the bigger that the coin used to wear, as you know. And obviously Gidon was careful not to make it the shape of a person or the shape of an animal, because that's awesome. are not allowed to make statues of people or Anything else, which is a living being, and therefore G-d wanted to make something else as a memorial of the ma- of the war. He makes something which is a bekin. It's not used to making a model or a statue of a piece of clothing. And why does he use after the ephod, We'll see in a moment. And he sets it up in his city of this That's the memorial statue of the Um Now. What was the idea of making an What What is Ginn trying to prove with this thing? So, Arashi explains that it was meant to be a memorial to the Nes. Just like we saw previously that they made memorials in the time of Yashur, the stones by the or whatever else it was, as similar to the Nes which happened. The same thing, this aphid was meant to be a symbol to the Nes which happened. And therefore that, and Ginn wanted to use the gold of the spoils itself as a reminder to Gna of the Nes which happened when they defeated Midian. Why do we in So it's, there's two options. Uh, the first one is let's go back to the story of Gideon. He was told to bring the car meant for the Zara as a carbon. That was the beginning of Gideon's journey. So he brought the bag of kohenah as a symbol, as a symbol, as a symbol um, of victory because he ascribing it to the original carbon he sacrificed of the Baal, which gave said the right to become a leader that's the that's the one explanation the other explanation is that like we saw the main point of the ephod was that it had the names of men written on it the names of nature are written these right. two stones right. on the ephod <laughs> the ephod was meant to be a memorial for the source of khal Israel. that has the names of men written in the ephod either way or not, makes this model this monument of the ephod out of gold but what happens is they use nukal ishallah akhar of sham it becomes a source of avodah desire. The people worshiped the eifod, but he, the gidon, the base of the Mokesh. and therefore it became a stumbling block for gidon's family. And she says after he died that the, what he had originally built as an eifod now became a shrine of some sort for idolatry, and that was uh, therefore that was uh, a it was a mistake. Now, the, why would why would they necessarily worship an eifod? What was, the, what was the idea this became a, something of a. of a desire. So, the Benny Yeshayim, one of the Poshim of the Nacht, is an extremely interesting shot. And uh, it needs an explanation. What he says is that an aphid was something which um, utilized whatever Koye it was to answer people who spoke to it. He says, so just like the aphid in the base of Mikdash was used as a way to. Has, was a way to get an answer from Hashem. He's understanding that the eifod and the khoshem was one thing, and we know that the khoshem, the urimatomim, was a way to get an answer from Hashem. So this eifod had similar properties in a negative sense. His notion is, It was this eifod or something which was, you could use ksamim sorcery, and based on that it would answer people's questions. And that's the case, it's understood very simply why this became a stumbling block for people. But the 8 foot of okay. the basement church had? The Ramatul Mansai. I'm Mansai. Right. right. But it's, this it's, had something else inside? So some. The dead cat or something? Some kishof. So, whatever some shameless kishof. of kishof it was, that wow. would work. And then, so, we understand why well, that would be a stumbling block for people. It's, but then, the question is why they to do it? Why are we going to do something which is so clearly um, a mistake? You know, if he meant it to be a statue to remember the nature of Ta-Ishur and it was misused later on, so we, in some way we can exonerate him. It, he didn't have an evil intention, even though his, his, what he created was misused. But if it was something which was created in order to provide some kind of response, based on the witchcraft, based on, based on some of then why we go and do it? So, and he took all the gold from everybody, to like when Aaron made the eagle. I mean, that that, Right, very similar to Egil, which was also able to do things based on Shema So that would be much more of a kasha. Right. So that's, uh, that, that was the Ma'ikesh that the um uh, presented. There is a mahalakh to explain the gidon and that is, his, that what the range Yisrael is telling us is what happened to the safe In other words, it was something which Gidon didn't make in order to be used for Kaya but uh, once it was already there, it could be utilised. Uh, but whoever wanted to, uh, so to speak, connect Kaya to it, uh, in order for it to do bad things. Now, this is something we find by the Egel Azal well also, as the am not correctly, and that is, if you look at Chazal, it says that Aaron uh, threw the gold into the fire. But now what happened is the Yetzi Egel at an Egel, and now the Egel was jumping up and down, the eagle was speaking, the Egel was doing all kinds of weird things. And the question is obviously, why would Aaron Akayen make such a, an Egel which would do things which would be martial What would be the point in that? And the answer is, the answer is that in the skin of Aaron didn't do that. Aaron made an eagle, but there were those in Kli who had the, the knowledge of accessing Kriyas Tzaddikim. Those were the ones who used the eagle, which had now been formed, as a way to put in the Hashem of whatever it is, to get the eagle to do things which it shouldn't have been doing. And that's the okay. case. So saying the same thing by on too, and that is that he wasn't trying to build an eagle which could that could be a source of uh, dispensing information based on Kishof, but once the statue was there, once the model was there, so then those who wanted to could misuse it for it, for whatever a, a nefarious purpose. And in a way, of banned that because he, just like Aaron's banned for he started it off. Why can we say that since they used, used Midian's gold, so Midian had it inside, had it put inside the gold? That's really a khiddush and using gold of the Midian would necessarily have this result on its, its own. Simple, it's simple, alright, but you don't true, it last where you can <coughs> is Israel, and after the Midian had been humbled and been reduced, and therefore, will lost Russia. They never tried again to raise themselves as a power against Israel, fish at go to the And therefore, the reign of Gideon's life for the next 40 years, <laughs> there was this era of peace in Israel.